Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. Are you ready now? Oh, I'm sure this is math. Tom. <laughs> Robert. Yeah. Well, all right, fellas. Well, that's that. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? So here's the deal. You know, I'm not a good parker top. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super Auto geeks. Oh, yeah, the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. Tesla. You don't even have Tesla. I remember that. You've got a Model I've X. seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Hey, guys. Uh, it's uh, Talking Tesla 60. I don't know. If, uh, anything happened the last... A week since we chatted. Anything interesting? Anything? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the democratic process ran its course. Yeah. In this country. Yeah. And we elected Donald Trump as the president of the United States of America. Do- uh, Donald who? Donald Trump. He's a developer from New York City. The billionaire businessman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That guy. That's him. Yeah. President. He was, he's so he's the new Democratic uh, president no, of the United States. He's a Republican. But he was a Democrat. He was. Ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. He's a Democrat Republican. Yeah. He's an uh, opportunist. So Democrat we're going to get things Republican. like in the future. And this is no – again, I'm not angry. I don't want to be angry. But we're going to get a Trump library, presidential library. That will be cool. Yeah. Get things be, like that. It will be big. It will have Trump on the front. It'll be He's like, surrounding it'll be himself with the best and the brightest so far. So uh, we had some on discussions right about uh, – you know, this isn't a political podcast. Nobody no. wants to hear our opinions about politics. They don't. Uh, but – and so I was thinking we should not say anything. But, of course, we have to because there has been a tectonic shift when it comes to all things renewable, electric cars, and we have to uh, have some discussion about what that means. It, it has some widespread implications, and I have some things we'll talk about during the letter segment. But we, just, we have to make sure that we're not angry, right? Anger, doesn't, anger is not the, the answer at this point, so... What this is is an opportunity for all people who consider themselves progressive, for all people who voted for Donald Trump not because of hatred uh, but voted for him because of change, right? You want change. They want small government. What comes with small government is that is, – is individual responsibility. That's been – that's sort of always been the mantra of the Republican Party, right? We don't need small government because we think that people are inherently good and can do – will be able to to help the individuals in their communities, right? It doesn't need to be the federal government helping people in their communities. So now is an opportunity for us, progressives, everybody, to reach out and to fix our nation in, in small individual ways. If you see somebody that needs help, help them. If you see something that needs to be fixed, fix them. And that is both sides of the aisle, right? It's time to stop the vitriol, come together, and do what we can. If if there are things that the the new administration that you don't like that the new administration is doing, be active. Call your representative. Hell, call someone else's representative in a red county. Tell them you lived in that county. They won't know. They're not looking that shit up. They're oh, not. so you're gonna start with lying. Starting with lying. Not lying. I'm just saying. Look, like, I like let what you're know. saying here, Tom. This is an important time to become active. But let's first go through what other people are saying. Um, about what this means for things like clean energy and for electric cars and sort of keep it within the realm of what we're talking about on Talking Tesla. We'll see what other people are saying. We'll have a few words about that. And then um, we'll we'll finish the first section 
with what we're going to do. So here is an article from Profit Confidential, and it says uh, Trump presidency is not that bad for Tesla. So it's expected that Donald is uh, part of this small government thing, is going to end clean energy subsidies. Um, he's just gonna, the clean energy ones. Though. Right. Just the clean ones, not the other ones. He's going to focus on non-renewables. Uh, currently here in the United States, there's a federal tax credit of $7,500 uh, if you buy an EV, up to 200,000 cars per manufacturer. That's expected to go away. question is how soon will that go away? Right. So uh, right now it's through 2019, and then it sort of uh, dips off after that. Here's a couple of quotes. Um this is from, I can't pronounce this, uh, Susquehanna. Susquehanna. International group Matt Stover expresses his doubts that people reserving a Model 3 in 2016 are thinking about a tax credit um, that is some two or three years away. He thinks that 90% of them will still buy the car even after the tax credit goes away. Elon has in the past has said the same things. These incentives are nice. They can speed deployment of tech, but in the end, they're not the thing that drives it. The tech itself is the thing that drives it. And, and actually with... The strategy of Tesla, I expect that pushing autopilot forward, pushing it in, in a really big way and putting it on all the Model 3s is, is probably in anticipation of this political change that they were hedging on. So if you are faced with no incentives and you could buy a Honda for $20,000 or a Model 3 for $35,000, would you not bump up? and push yourself because you're getting all this extra tech. So I'm thinking ahead that they're potentially thinking ahead on that one. Well, I think that most people that had the Model 3 reservations, I mean, if they listen to this show, they realize most of those cars were not getting that tax credit anyways. So I think that 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 specific thing, that specific policy won't affect Tesla. So I agree in that particular sense. If he ends the $7,500 tax credit, and he's not going to end it, He's going to not renew it, right? They're not the government, not him, because he is one member of a three-branch government, will not renew that. And so it won't move on to continue. And what that will have is, as we all know, the other car companies, they don't really give a crap for the most part. They're still building compliance cars for the most part. So it will have a chilling effect on their abilities to introduce, you know, whether or not it's a real Right, whether that's a real thing that they're like, oh, we can't make these cars without a $7,500 tax credit, or if it's an excuse for them to not push themselves, to not go outside the box, to to stay in their big truck profit margin centers. So we should have said at the beginning, I should have said that um, we are going to talk about these things, but as many commentators have noted, we don't know what we're going to get. Uh, freak out time is not yet. Yes, we're freaked out. But you don't really know what Donald's going to do because he played a role and his role was get elected and say whatever you need to do to get elected. But one of the things he didn't do during that process was tell us anything specific. And already one of the prime things he ran on was immediately Obamacare will be repealed and replaced. That already has now been changed to modify Obamacare. That is a radical change. Um, build a wall was one of the things he ran on. They're going to build a wall day one. Now they're talking, and eh, maybe not so much. Um, so we don't know what a Donald Trump presidency is going to be, but we do know from who he is potentially putting in positions of power what to expect. The head of the EPA is going to be a climate denier. Um, so you expect that a lot of this stuff about climate, um, about uh, incentives for clean energy will go away. So I think we can talk a little bit about that, but we can't be exactly sure what's going to happen because we don't know what he's going to do. And I have something to say about that a little later. 
Plus, he's not climate going, change. He, he's not going to uh, continue the Washington insider thing that Hillary was an insider yet. The first person that he hired was a Washington in high. And that's why everybody says like this. We just don't know what to expect because who knows? Here's one from Washington Post. And it says uh, Trump will roll back regulation in fossil fuels, boost the coal industry and uh, shale, shale, lots of shale. The industry as a whole is too far down the road of the path of addressing what consumers want and need from EVs with brands such as Tesla and GM and Nissan leading the way, according to Tim Lim, analysis at Kelly Blue Book. So again, you have a lot of people saying, even though they may wind back these incentives, even though they may not give a crap about clean energy, the industry is already moving in that direction. I disagree completely with that okay. article, to be completely honest with you, because Good. long-term artificially low gas prices, coal prices, right, which is what you'll get with this reduced uh, thing, is you'll get a glut of coal on the market. will keep folks from adopting renewable electrical energies. They'll keep That'll keep people from adopting, and trucks will keep being the big money makers for these car companies, and they won't feel any incentive to stop doing it. When did truck costs and prices go, you know, sales go down? When gas was super expensive, right? Mm -hmm. If gas is going to continue to be made cheap, if coal is going to continue to make cheap, if if you're an energy company and you're sitting around going, what are the two fuel options? I could buy solar. I could build this solar plant that's not as super efficient as I would like to be, it causes a lot of needs a lot of space. Or I can buy a whole bunch, a shit ton, for instance, oh, of I... cheap coal. Mm-hmm. Oh, Why shit. would I not do that? Well, I'm not sure how cheap he can make coal. Again, this is unless they're going to have government incentives. It's supply and demand. If they're going to pull more out and reduce the make increase the ability for them to take more coal out of the ground, it will be cheaper. It's already pretty damn cheap, but. But the, again, these, more available. The industry, the industry, has not exactly been squashed by Obama. It's not like he's gone around and squashed it. No, but but the coal, but but again, like regulations have made it difficult. Like that's a lot in a lot of places. A bunch of second, third, fourth, fifth generation coal miners they don't have jobs anymore. Yeah, but that's really. I think that's from uh, uh, mostly from economics that the economics of pulling coal out of the ground is not as cheap as it used to be, while the renewables like solar and wind have dropped in price substantially. But just, That's what gives me hope, is that we'll I see. think the fossil fuel... For example, with oil, it's harder and harder to get the oil. The only reason we're talking about shale oil is because the easy shit has gone. Yeah. And now we have to do very, very expensive shit to get more oil. And the, But if you look at the where the coal goes, it goes primarily to make electricity. And it does so in electric in coal-fired power plants, which have become more uh, expensive to operate because they have to scrub the exhaust from those plants to reduce the carbon. They have to clean, clean it up coal. based on well, that's not even clean coal, right? Right. Clean-ish. But they have to they have to um, clean up their operations based on regulations that have been promulgated by the F. What is it? I'm EPA. sorry, the EPA. Well, my mind is still scrambled. And so now the EPA is going to be head by a guy who is a former lobbyist for the oil and gas industry. And so, you know, they're going to just drop those regulations or say, yeah, well, we're not going to really enforce. So all of a sudden, operating your coal-fired power plant is going to drop dramatically. And so I think we're going to see a surge. Also, the fact that they want out uh, of this voluntary Paris climate agreement is a big um, red flag as well because the rest of the world does watch the United States and this sort of gives an open hand to an awful lot of people around the world who have the 
their fingers on, on, on mechanisms that can create an enormous amount of carbon. And so I think we're going to see a bump. And we'll also see other countries that are very much already moving towards renewables like China. They'll start to eat our lunch in the renewables, right? So mm. they're starting to be the, the solar gigafactory and American-made American made solar panels with American jobs, right? And if that sort of stuff has a, has a more difficult time you know, moving, moving forward, it's going to be more difficult and we'll be inundated with other solar panels. I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't personally care where the solar panels come from at this point, as long as they come. Right. And if, and if president elect Trump will, you know, look at the fundamentals of what he actually said, this nobody can depend on yet in that things made in the United States are more important than things made elsewhere. How will he react to car companies, American car companies using a ton of Korean materials in their cars or building their cars in Mexico? Which I, Tesla does to a little bit. They have some plants in, in Mexico, yeah. which is OK. I mean, I'm not this is not, I think I think that it, yeah. it's a lot smaller uh, quantity or sure. percentage than mm-hmm. the big three car makers, yeah. which definitely go there like he. You know, picked on carrier air conditioning equipment company, you know, because they moved a whole factory down to Mexico yeah. and beat on them and said, oh, we're going to put tariffs on your return products and basically force you to bring it all back here. Tesla's already here. Yeah. And a lot of renewables are already here. Yeah, true. And if we don't have to bring stuff from the Middle East, like oil, how is he going to react to that? And so this is all too much uncertainty for me. Well, that's why he wants to, you know, boost our our energy in industry so he doesn't have to rely on Middle Eastern and other oil from Venezuela. Well, from, we from got all a over lot of sunlight. For sure. And we got a lot yeah. of wind. Um, Tesserati, basically, uh, Steve Hanley, who uh, writes a lot of articles for Tesserati, says the same thing. He he is doubtful that um, Trump's victory will actually impact Tesla very much or Solar City because they've got too much momentum because solar um, electricity is now so cheap. It is uh, clearly um, cheaper than fossil fuels. So he is not so concerned. Um, indeed, there's an uh, article here in, wait for it, Electric! by Fred Lambert, who said, if you look at the last quarter, Tesla made $22 million last quarter. Woo-hoo. The oil and gas industry lost $67 billion. So he says if job creation and not just rewarding the fossil fuel industry and their and sort of politics and them giving you money is really the true goal of the U.S. uh, political leadership, maybe they should think twice about introducing new policies that would slow the momentum of clean energies, as you've been talking about, in favor of fossil fuels. Instead, they should be focusing on introducing a level playing field. Again, Elon has said the same thing. If you really think that um, I've been ripping off the country by uh, having federal incentives, let's make a level playing field. No incentives for the fossil fuel industry, no incentives for clean renewables. I would like to compete with you in that market because I think I can eat your lunch. Yeah, I think if there was a level playing field for sure. But, you know, then you talk about Tesla being an American car company, an American solar panel company, and they are. But we also talk about week after week after week, their stated goal is to make it more automated, more robots. So then you're thinking, then you have got a company who's really focused on automation and not having a lot of jobs. And that could lessen their ability in, in, the, in the eyes of these companies of the, of the government where you have like, oh, you're a green company, but you're, and you're also not really producing a whole bunch of jobs because you've hired a bunch of robots. I know that's very, very cynical, but it's like a, just enough of an opening in the door. 
I think that uh, you got to look at who's the number one consumer of automated or, or robots for automation of manufacturing. China, 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 China. China is buying all the robots. They're using them to a much greater extent, an order of magnitude more than Tesla. Tesla's just one of many, many, many sure. companies that are going in this direction. This is, in fact, I went this weekend up to a art school with my son who's looking at colleges, and he's interested in architecture. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, build buildings, build houses, that kind of thing. And I saw a huge focus on architecture of the manufacturing process and automation. I mean, people writing books about this stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is a big deal. And Tesla's only uh, like sort of putting it out there because they, they're pushing the envelope on this in addition to solar, EVs, and everything else, Hyperloop. So this is something that's happening everywhere. And you can't you know, put Tesla out there. What actually I think the important story of this is that Tesla is actually using this new way of, it's not really a new way, but they're pushing the envelope on this new development within manufacturing to a degree that everyone else has not yet like conceived. Because back on the earnings call, uh, basically Elon was saying he wants to push that alien dreadnought, right? He's saying, you know, point version 0.5, version 1, version 2. He wants to push it to the point where it's flowing as fast as the electrons can flow and getting everything together. There's like the limit, I think it was limit of physics is his goal. So the cars, I don't know, they'll be going through that thing at 70 miles an hour. Things flying on, you know, so this whole bit about automation, this is happening Nobody's going to stop it. No. And the sad thing is that, that Trump got elected on this promise to bring jobs back and to ensure people keep their jobs. And th it's like saying, uh, stopping the sun. I'm going to stop the sun in the sky so we can all have more daylight. To bring this uh, together, there's, a, there's two things going on. So there's the short term and then there's the long term. So in the short term, what you want if you want great manufacturing is to be at the head of manufacturing and it is robots and it is buying German engineering companies that build the robots and sell those to China. And so that's where they're trying to go here. Uh, initially, there'll be an upsurge in jobs um, as you have more manufacturing come back to the States, uh, theoretically, and you're building lots of cars. But even Elon uh, this week, as they were talking about it, saying, what's the if this, what's the logical endpoint of this? And this is no different than any science fiction writer has written for 50 years. The logical endpoint of this is that humans won't have enough work to do, theoretically. And so uh, Elon was quoted as saying, at some point, there'll be some sort of minimum wage that everybody's going to get and live on because the robots are going to do everything. That's 100 years down the line, 200 years, 300 years, where everything is so automated. What do we do? Even Disney's made movies about it. We're going to be floating around and get fat and we're going to have no, no ability to walk because no. the dreadnought is doing everything. But in the shorter term, uh, every you have to compete with other people. And the only way to compete is by building your things faster and better. And that's not with humans. That's with, that's with the, the dreadnought. Unlike Disney, I think <laughs> that the future... The future potential for that is that humans can really embrace their creative energies and their thought processes and their philosophical sort of moving forward and thinking about and helping one another with that free time where they don't have to go to work. They can do better things for each other if they're not 
focusing so much on that. We're not sitting. I mean, my future, you know, dream is not to sit around drinking an 800 ounce soda while a robot serves me bonbons. It's to sort of create and paint and take pictures and think and talk to people and have, you know, deep, meaningful discussions, unlike this show sometimes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have to just watch uh, all the Kardashian reruns because I've never seen one and I think it's time. No, you shouldn't. No, you need to not do that. <laughs> yeah, the Guardian, either. before we sort of again sort of bring it all together, yeah. the Guardian um, is a little more concerned than some of these other ones saying that according to Trent Berth, who's the senior scientist at the U.S. National Center for Atmospheric Research, said this is an unmitigated disaster. The U.S. could be a rogue state on climate change. They could get out of the Paris Accords. Um, this Trumpian interference can only slow the trend of, of trying to fix the climate crisis, for which the window is now gone from decades in the future to a very short amount of time. Uh, we need to peak global emissions by 2020. And so that's uh, right at the end of his first term. According to the Sierra Club, President Michael Byrne, who's somebody I really uh, really respect, he said, this could be devastating for our climate and for our future, but Trump must choose wisely or we guarantee him the hardest fight of his political life. We won't be on the defensive crouch for the next four years licking our wounds. If he tries to roll us backwards on climate change, he's going to head into a mass of organized people who will fight him in the courts, in the Congress and on the streets. We need to have a gigantuan effort to stop this guy. So on the one hand, he says climate change is bullshit. It's not human uh, created. Then he says, oh, but we're going to have clean coal. Why would you bother with clean coal if coal is not a problem? Then he goes to Mar-a-Lago and to uh, Ireland and to Florida where all these golf courses are right on the ocean and he's building a wall there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, because the seas are coming today, to take over. Today he's building a wall. And so that's again where we get confused like, what does this guy really believe? What's really going to happen here? Because you get this mixed message. But as uh, Michael Byrne from the Sierra Club has said, this is one of those things where I've never gone to a mass protest. I've never really called and sent letters to senators. But this is the stuff where I'll start to get busy, just as Thomas suggested. Yeah, I mean, it's time to get busy and, and stop these things. And what I will say again is that it's important to be involved. Somebody needs to show Trump the list of current Superfund sites that are still needing to be cleaned up and the list of Superfund sites and what it costs to clean those up before he thinks about abolishing the EPA because these companies tend to do bad things when they're not regulated or have watchdogs over him. And here's what I'll say about climate change. Let's for one second, the three of us, sit here and say, okay, climate change doesn't exist, right? But and it's a coin toss. Let's say there's like some sciences out and there isn't. And I realize that. What is the downside if we're wrong? Right. The downside if we're wrong is that America has sustainable, renewable energy into the next three, four, five hundred years. The downside if they're wrong is that we're freaking underwater. Right. So which end of it do you want to be on? There's no downside. What is tell me what is wrong with saying climate change exists and we need to move in this direction? Give me a negative. The, the negative that they use it is takes the jobs. It's the short term economics. If coal is less expensive, if fuel, if petrol is less expensive than electricity or electric cars, then in the short term, it's more expensive and it's all about short term gain. But it isn't. But it's getting to the point. And this is where well, I'm going to summarize in just a second where that's not true. So um, here's another one from Doug Fink, just to go on what something that uh, Tom said. 
What is the first thing that the Alliance of Automotive Manufacturers did after Trump became the president-elect? They said, uh, could you roll back these greenhouse uh, guides that the Obama administration have put out? They're really hard. They make the cars more expensive. So they have already said, we can't f- trust these guys. They do not care about the climate. They care about producing profit. And so they're pissed at all these regulations. They're pissed at the EPA. And as a group already, they've gone out and said, roll them back. So let's bring it all together, boys. What do we do? This could be a disaster. We don't know how big a disaster. I think it's going to be a massive disaster because of the EPA more than anything else. So uh, what do we do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. So a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to become more politically active than I have in my life. Um, There's a podcast by Dan Carlin, who is a libertarian right-wing guy, but for other reasons other than climate, he's sort of outlined what he thinks are the 10 Mussolini things that if they occur and potentially could occur under a Donald Trump presidency, this is the time when you have to get into the streets. And one of his things is uh, mass torture, uh, mass incarceration. These are the kind of things where he says, you've gone from, you know, this is a democratic process to we have to uh, stop this guy through a democratic nonviolent protest. So I'm going to be following this very closely. I'm going to get on the streets. I'm going to use my money and I'm going to do what I can to stop him f- our climate. That's the first thing I'm going to do. The next thing I'm going to say to those one percenters out there who are going to have a massive fucking tax return next year if he f- pulls, if he actually does the tax changes that he suggests. So it's people like me, very specifically people like me. If I, you have a S corporation here in the United States, Currently, that money that you get then flows to you uh, privately. So you make money as a corporation, and that profit then flows to you through your S-corp, and then you get taxed at the individual rate, 40% if you're in the highest tax bracket like me and many of the people listen to this. What he's going to do is that's going to stop. You will then get taxed at 15%. So instead of me paying 40% of my money, I'm going to pay 15% of my money, which is going to result in a huge budget deficit over time unless the economy grows ridiculously, which nobody believes is going to happen. So I'm going to suggest to the rich people like me who have S-corporations, who are about to get not $10,000 more in their taxes, they're going to get hundreds of thousands of dollars less tax that they have to pay. I'm going to suggest to you 1%, as I'm going to try and start a movement here, let's take every single one of those dollars that we don't need and let's spend it on things like the Sierra Club, like stopping him the planet. That is my suggestion to you. That is... Uh, what the Republicans have referred to since Ronald Reagan's administration as trickle-down economics. So just decide where you want your money to trickle down to. Make it trickle down to the things that you love, things that you support. Uh, Spend your money wisely, my friends. I would say stay focused and don't lose sight of what is important to our great-great-grandchildren. Uh, I think back about, again, Love Canal. Love Canal, a major disaster in New York where companies dumped hundreds of thousands of pounds of toxic chemicals into this failed canal and then just freaking covered it up. And they got away with it because people didn't know or the few people who did know had no power. But we live in the year of in the decade or the era of Twitter and Facebook and all kinds of social media that to this point has not been controlled. And as long as the Internet remains an open pathway for all of us to communicate and put things out, we'll be able to communicate if something terrible is going down, if greenhouse gas emissions or, you know, 
any kind of negative effect on the uh, on the on the environment that threatens human existence, when those things start to become more evident, they're increasing. We should talk about it, blog about it, put it out there so everybody really knows, and feed that back to the government. We got to have each other's backs. Yeah. So if uh, I think there's some fundamental things you can do, one thing that industry in the states and across the world really respond to is social movements and when people are pissed off. So if you say, okay, Ford, you're not going to make any electric cars and you don't give a shit and you're just going to make SUVs. If you vote as a block by saying, well, I'm not buying Fords. If uh, your electric company says that we're just going all coal all the time, you can say, well, I'm not buying it from you. I'm buying it from Tesla and I'm getting a Powerwall. If you have the money to do that, then you do that. And you do that with a letter and you do that with a social media uh, posting and you say, this is what I'm doing to stop these. You're not going to get away with it. If Donald Trump comes out and sort of repeals the EPA and says, we don't care, we're going to pollute the crap. You go into the streets and you start protesting. You make it clear that people are pissed and lawmakers will listen because there's a midterm coming in two years. If you, if, if as again a social movement we say this is not okay this is not the change we wanted if you really make it clear then the politicians will get on board with that but you have to get out there and you have to get busy the one thing i'm really pissed at about as an american citizen is how few fucking people voted well what's really interesting is if you look in michigan how many people democrats voted all the down ballot um races as democrats and didn't actually vote for president 90,000 people in Michigan did not even vote for president. And that's a whole nother discussion about the political system and how people feel like they were not represented by the Democratic Party. It kind of took my breath away when I heard about this. People didn't feel, I feel like most Americans don't feel represented by either party, to be honest with you, which is why most Americans don't vote. And a perfect example of that is in the state of California, which had 8 million plus voters who voted, cast a ballot, out of 17.5 million registered voters and 25-plus million eligible voters. So less than a third in a progressive state such as California. That's a big, big number. We should all think about that very, very deeply. Yeah, this lethargy, a lot of my friends from overseas uh, have been asking, how could this possibly happen? And everybody has their theories. But that's lethargy is the single biggest one. You had a choice between bad and horrible. And people are like, well, I don't like that choice, so I'm not going to choose. You know, uh, California, uh, there's been talk about California seceding. And of course, that's never going to happen because of many constitutional reasons. Like, there is no way. There is no – nobody knows how you secede. There if, is no if path Texas, to that. If Texas hasn't done it by now. Right. So, But California can be a bright and shining example of uh, what you can do with renewable energy. So – as Tom was talking to me before the show, when it comes to our next governor and uh, who we elect next, again, we that give a need to make sure that we have bright and shining examples of what can be done in this state. America looks, you know, the world looks at America, but America looks at California. If we have the cleanest uh, roads, the cleanest air, the cleanest streams, then they will follow along. Maybe even the people in Kentucky will realize, boy, burning a lot of coal and oil is really bad for our environment. Look at California. Look how clean they are. And so we can do things. We will do things. We'll talk about this. I could talk about all the other crap as well, guns and all that stuff. But we'll keep it to you know renewable energy because that's what this show is about. But I will say one other thing that helped, that passed in California, that's going to make a lot of things better. Marijuana is going to be legal. <laughs> 
So when you're sad, you're going to be able to smoke a doobie and be happy again, Tom, and you'll be able to get fat and have bonbons. I voted no, just for the record. I voted a big yes. Not me. Robert, tiebreaker. Wally is coming. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make it – I just voted yes for the criminal aspects of it. I don't really care about marijuana as a drug. I just want to decriminalize the stupid thing. Too many people are in jail for that stupid drug, which is no worse than alcohol. And which is costing us a incredible a shit ton of money. I still do not suggest my son, who is sixteen, go out and smoke. I will not be encouraging that. I won't be encouraging him to drink before he's uh, due and all that stuff. But I don't think people shouldn't be in jail because they had a couple of ounces in the car. Silliness. Model X news. Let's talk about Model X news. Let's move on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, from the Tesla blog. Uh, They said this today. We are truly honoured to announce that the Model X has been awarded the Golden Steering Award. Das Golden Landkrad. (laughs) Well, that's pretty good. One of the most prestigious automotive awards in the world. Candidates for this award are nominated from hundreds of thousands of people across Europe uh, for excellence across six categories, and they won. Now, what's interesting is that that's cool. The Model X won this great award in Europe, and it's all very exciting. But in that same blog, they felt the need to address some issues. Uh, we've had a 92% reduction in things breaking on the car. 90% of ex-owners would rebuy. The effing Falcon wind doors are much better than they used to be. The powered front doors and the fob uh, improved with less breakage. Uh, we fixed the middle row of seats and on and on it goes of all of the things that were wrong with this car. And they're like, oh, but it's better now. Oopsie. Yeah. Uh, I guess they need to just sort of come straight out and address it. And I guess that's a good thing to say. This car was a bit of a mess in terms of its engineering, but we're fixing it all. It's all good, but it is funny to read. We're the best car ever that breaks all the time. Well, it's breaking a lot less, and that's partly because they've burned through all these early parts that were created for the car. They have, I guess they were using a lot of like one-up parts, so they were making parts like as they were going, changing them as they were going, probably using some sort of metallic printer, 3D uh, printer, and uh, and they're doing a lot less of that. They've tightened up the entire production line. And so thanks, Mel, for buying one of the prototype cars. Oh, God. You know what? Guess what's wrong with my car again? The wings. Yeah. Oh. What? The effing Falcon wing doors what? are what's screwed wrong up again. this time? Did They're they try just... to kill another family member? No. Now the problem is them not opening. Now they get to oh. three quarters. Well, that's safer. And stop. That's much so hobbit mode. Yeah, just tall enough, <laughs> even for somebody mode. my size, to whack themselves right in the middle of the head. That's nice. Yeah, it's great. You know, the the good thing about the Falcon wing doors, it's easy to get grandma in, all right? They could be the grandma wing doors. Yeah. They get up really big, grandma can slip in there. But when they're three quarters high, they're not very good. And the really nice thing about it is that grandma can just stand outside the car and the doors can just slam her into the car. Slam, can just, just literally close in. them and just, just shove her right Boom. in the car so she doesn't even have to use any and of it, her own energy. It's the Wally door. It's actually kind of fun trick that if you do that and you have both doors open at the same time, you can fire right through the car at the other side. <laughs> oh, that's pretty that's sweet. pretty yeah, cool. That's pretty nice. Look, I, I, I diss. I want to be clear. I love that car. It's a beautiful car. It's an amazing yeah, car. We're going to go fun. on a trip up to the Sequoias. We're taking that car. All the other cars are stupid. This is the best car, except for one thing. The Falcon Wing doors are... <laughs> it's going to be fun in the Sequoias, though, because if a bear is chasing you, you can open the doors and just run right through the car and then trap the bear inside. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he's probably going to do poopies <laughs> An animal stuff. trap. I mean, what, what do you want? You want the bear to get you or the car? I picked the car because... I kind of sure. like having you around. You know what? I could also just close the door. <laughs> it's up to them to decide if I'm going to live or not, apparently. You know, in oh, a- you've been talking really bad shit about me, Mel. Huh. Yeah, I'm not closing. <laughs> not closing. See how you go against that bear, big fella. In the Yosemite uh, Valley, you know, the bears are so well-educated, they can get into different kinds of cars. 
they actually can they know like which way you know to put your claw through this uh-huh. part of the window or that part of the car door they don't know them i bet you they don't know the falcon no they haven't figured yet. that out but it does have a regular old front door have you ever been to curry village in yosemite yes so at, at, they changed the name of it now i can't remember what they call it but at the entrance sign was like a, a car door kind of bent from the top window frame down in half and they're like uh, leaving stuff locked in your car isn't secure. <laughs> right. Put it in a bear locker. Yeah. It was just just a bent car door, just demolished by that some bear every year. Bears are big, let's, and strong. Let's talk about the Model Three oh. now from Teslarati. And I have one thing to say to Teslarati. I love you people to death. Every single article I read, you have words that don't have spaces between them. Please fix the spacing on your words before you put the publish button, Gene, and, and electric gen. It's it's like three or four words each that gets stuck article. Together. It'll be noticed. like, by then. Yeah, well, you didn't notice. There's a shocker. Dyslexic yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't read anyway, so whatever. I love it's, those it's guys, but they got a formatting them. thing because that happens sometimes for us when we go from – like I'll write up in Word and then I'll transfer yeah. it over to Google Docs and then we'll go back and forth. And, mm-hmm. and so they just need a proofreader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a proofread before they hit uh, Publosh. So uh, Gene from Tesla Roddy, we love those guys, um, said, you know, Tesla had their third quarter party. They throw very good parties and uh, they go, whoop. It's all good. So at their last party, where they were very excited because they made some cash instead Woo-hoo. of losing some cash, mm-hmm. they, they spent put, it all on a soccer um, field. Exactly. They put a Model Three in the middle of this party, and of course, thankfully, some people took a lot of pictures. Social a lot, lot of pictures. Social media rules. And they published them. And I got to say, this car looks pretty freaking nice. The only thing that freaks me out: outside looks beautiful. It's sort of bubbly. It's going to have a really low coefficient of drag. It looks really good until you look inside, and there's nothing in there except a 17-inch monitor that's turned on its side, and you're like, freaking me out. There's a beautiful center console in there with places to stash stuff and a couple of cup holders. Uh, Yeah, I agree. It looks more like a bubble every time I see it. I don't know if it had to do with the wide-angle vision of that particular shot. Uh, Can I have my now, please? I would like my now because I still don't have a car. You know, uh, one of the things that happened when uh, (laughs) Donald won – and I was thinking, all right, I'm going to take all my tax money. I'm going to do good things with it. I'm like, I'm just going to be buying Model 3s for everybody, Tom. Just, I'm just going to be buying them. I'm going to stack them up and just buy them. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> can I get it? Can I get it? Should, is there a line now? With, is there tape I'm on gonna, the ground? I'm going to work out exactly how we do it. There'll be some lottery system. I just, oh, I don't like I the just lottery want, system. I'm very unlucky. Very unlucky. The automotive industry saying they want to you know, roll back the EPA requirements. I'm like, oh, God, Contessa, can you make 20 million of these a year? Can you do that? Because um, that would be really Fremont, cool. But it's in, only it's only the limit of physics at Fremont. Limit of physics. Of, this looks like a stunning car, despite you know whether it's gas or electric or it's an American company or not American. It's a beautiful looking car. I think they are going to sell so many of these. It's going to make you weep. Yeah. Even without the $7,500 federal tax credit, which will disappear in the first six months anyway. And even the base model is going to be a spectacular vehicle. And if they pull off, we've said it many times, if they really pull off level five autonomous driving with uh, the TAC 2.0, the hardware 2.0, shabam! So I recall from the earnings call on which uh, you know you had all of the big investors and even some of the press, Elon or... I can't remember who it was in the lineup said that they are on track for production to begin in July of 2017. 
I know initially Elon said that that date was this sort of like, I had to make a date so all the suppliers knew I wasn't BSing and that they had to get their SHI together. And so everybody said, oh yeah, July 1 production. Yeah, right. Ha ha ha. We'll see it sometime in 2018. But they're saying now they're on track for everything. They're building out the robot line, the assembly line. They've got all their suppliers um, on board. They've got prototyping done. They've got systems already now in testing. So like the HVAC and the power train and a whole lot of stuff that I can't call off the top of my head. It's already uh, in final testing mode. So it sounds like they're moving ahead and they've got their financing set. Evidently, I guess Elon made a big deal uh, on that call about um, how they changed with all of their suppliers, their credit. So in other words, with Model S and Model X, they get 45 days to pay, 45 days to pay for whatever, a big roll of aluminum or a bunch of circuit boards. And with three, they've got 60 days to pay. And the rate at which they're pushing the cars or anticipating pushing the cars through the line, they're going to be able to build the cars and deliver most of the cars. And we, you know, cars have to go a long way. Some people are buying cars in like Australia and, and, and Finland. And so he thinks that they're going to be able to push the cars through the factory. In other words, Order, deposit received, push the car through the factory, get the car to the customer, get the money from the customer within 60 days so that they can basically build the car on the back of the suppliers and then finally pay the suppliers after the car is delivered. Which is like, yeah, this is why he's pushing for alien dreadnought. And if they can push cars out that fast, they can basically build cars on credit. Yeah, that is, if that's true, that is genius. Yeah. That is amazing. And you know what's even more cool is that today, Monday, Tesla stock is down yet more. It's down to $180 a share. Yeah, and that's, I think, because of all of the political uncertainty currently as to what does all this mean. Every commentator saying it means nothing and others saying it means everything. Um, It. I don't have any Tesla stock, but... I do. I think it's a good time to buy a little extra. Not much. Yeah. (laughs) No, this is got to uh, get my dollar cost averaging down though. Maybe is a good opportunity. This is keeping me kind of optimistic because the finance, the financials, the economics, the actual tech is, like you said, Mel, going to push renewables forward. It's just a matter of how fast. And the problem is that so many, and I've talked to now more people in the last two months who are going to buy a Tesla or get solar panels, and it's like they have no clue. We need, you know, what we need. We need like some kind of a podcast that's going to educate people about how to get Mm -hmm. solar on your house and how to go into an electric vehicle and how do you charge your electric vehicle. I'd listen to that podcast. That sounds great. That'd be awesome. We need to get somebody really big to promote that. And one thing I think is interesting, right, is that all of this sort of momentum, let's call it, that Tesla has is happening in an environment of really cheap gas. Right, so that's kind of cool, super cheap, even and not even cheap for the states, but cheap globally. We have some pretty inexpensive gasoline right now, and it doesn't seem to be slowing the momentum. The real question is, we've talked about before, they have to make these cars have better quality because not everybody's going to be as understanding as Dr. Herbert over there when it comes to their doors not working or other things not working properly. Yeah, they have to. We've talked about it many times and for no other reason than the fact that they won't be able to build service centers fast enough if these things break all the time. So they have to come off that line 
in really good shape. And they have to be the true promise of an electric car, which is basically you don't have to do anything to it for years. It just goes, yeah. and you don't even have to service it. And wouldn't it be nice if you could just back into a supercharger location and do nothing? The little supercharger plug comes out and plugs into your car, and boop, you're all even, charging up. I don't even want to back in. I want the car to back in. I'm going to get out. Well, you that's what it'll out. do, yeah. It'll just say, here, exit here, car plugs in, you go off to wherever, and you come back in 30 minutes. I'm a little concerned I won't be able to get out of the car. Of course I'll be eating bonbons and 32-ounce drinks all the time. I'm going to be so big within a short period of time, I'm not going to be able to get out. I had to back into the Oxnard supercharger a couple of weeks ago. I don't like backing into the supercharger. That one's what? a little bit ticey because it's oh. like right on the, and, the and, speedy part of the drive uh, of the uh, parking lot. Yeah, and it's dark. It was dark at night. It well, dark. it was at night. I like yeah. the new ones because uh, I'm a bad parker. I've said it many times. Yeah. So I hate this. But I like the new ones. The new ones we've seen in Finland. We've seen one here where it's sort of uh, every all of its front driving. You just drive in and they've got multiple. On, I like it a lot. I don't I don't like the backing in ones. And that segues into our next article about the supercharger Super network. Charged. How did we do that? It's like a professional show all of a sudden. Oh, <laughs> I think it's luck. So at Tesla.com. Dumb luck. <laughs> Uh, Robert just touched on it in the last episode where he said, hang on a second here. It looks like they're going to start charging for superchargers. We didn't really have a chance to go into detail. But it says uh, on the Tesla blog that superchargers are everywhere and there's more and more coming and they are fantastic for long-distance driving. And we are going to have to build out this network a lot. I'm so glad they said that. So they said, you know, it used to be free. Supercharging used to be free. Well, it's still, still good. Is. Mm, still is. Is it free? It's never. It was never free. Let's all free. We've, was we've, that charge? we've had these conversations. Free in quotes, it's not free. Air quotes. Yeah. Air quotes. We paid. You paid about what twenty five hundred bucks up front for, for your free nah, supercharger. Pretty sure I spent a hundred thousand dollars for free supercharger. Yeah, there you that's go. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's probably two thousand dollars plus the extra forty for the battery pack. Right. So that that doesn't sound. Well, it's going to get less free. Uh, let's put it that way. Because if you <laughs> order a Tesla free. after January first. Then you're going to get some free supercharging, free, 400,000, uh, 400 uh, kilowatt hours, which is about the equivalent of 1,000 miles of driving. So you get that every year. But after that, there's going to be, according to them, a small fee to supercharge, uh, which will be charged incrementally and cost less than the price of filling up at a comparable gas station. Okay. All cars will continue to come standard with the onboard hardware for supercharging. As we approach the launch of Model 3, this update will allow us to, here it is, greatly expand our supercharger network, providing customers with the best possible experience and bringing sustainable transport to even more people. I'm very excited about this. Get that cash and build out this thing muy rápido. Get what cash? This, this has gotten more – I've gotten more questions on this in the last week. So to, just to be clear, this means you have paid for – paid for, not deposit, but paid for a car before the end of the year and taking delivery by April 1st. So this is not Model 3, period. This means everybody after Gen 1 are going to have to pay for supercharger in increments. And we saw there was a slip-up at Tesla. They let something get out on the website for Model 3. Uh, this was back maybe two months ago where you were going in to put your deposit in for your Model 3, who you were, which you were buying online. And then it said below that there was a box where you could buy kilowatt hours. And it didn't have any pricing, but it was just there. And it was there for a moment. Somebody caught it on a screenshot. And so it's just going to be you put in your credit card or you have your account. And you can do this probably from your car. And you just say, oh, I want another 100 kilowatts or I want another 
500 kilowatts, and there'll be a pricing scheme, and or it probably is going to be unit credits because in some places, like my experience, Massachusetts, where they're paying a huge amount of money for electricity, 44 cents a kilowatt hour versus LA, 14 cents, you're going to have some change in pricing or people are going to, you know, there's going to be some, uh, I don't know, gaming of the system. So Tesla already asked the question, I can't remember who wrote this one, will this actually make a difference to people buying the car? And they say they don't think it's going to because initially you're going to be uh, pay less for a Tesla up front. And again, on a $100,000 car paying a, you know extra couple of thousand dollars, nobody really cares. But on a $30,000, $35,000 car, every $1,000 counts. So if you can take out that and sort of pay as you go a basis for supercharging, that should help. You have to buy fuel anyway, so they say it's going to be wash. And then they say something which uh, I think is really important, that supercharging credits then could become sort of an incentive program. Uh, Buy a Tesla this week and you're going to have uh, more supercharger credits. But I want them to take it further. I would love to buy Tom a present for Christmas. Oh, God, I would love that too. So Tom, <laughs> wow, the man who has everything, who needs nothing. What do you get, the man who has everything, who needs nothing? I'm going to get you another 400 kilowatt hours of credit for your supercharger because you drive your car a lot. How's that? What kind of a guy am I? I'm the best You're guy an ever. awesome guy, but I need a car first. and my tesla that we currently own already has free supercharging for life so okay next christmas i'll get that so obviously that means if you buy a pre-owned right those are all cars that are still going to have access to free supercharging for life i'm assuming at the moment all that good stuff i don't think so as long as you own it before January 1 or I April. They're going to shut it down well, at, at I, the end of April if you don't I take I wouldn't be there. surprised. Like, you bought your car, Robert, years ago. You've got free supercharging for life. But you sell that to me. I bet you they say uh, there's been a change of ownership under this new system. You're only going to get 400 kilowatt hours and then you have to – and I have no problem with that. Per year. Because the early adopters, uh, they got their benefit. It's all good. Keep your car. That's fine. But they need so many more superchargers. I mean, I, I know I say it all the time. The number of supercharger networks they need to build out is extraordinary. It's an order of magnitude. Oh, It's got to be everywhere. And they will have to change on the website like that cost of ownership statistics kind of thing, right? The uh-huh. pricing that they talk about, like this includes X amount of supercharging miles per driven per year. And I don't know what – they must have internal stats of what the average person uses. Mm-hmm. And my guess is the average person is using about a 1,000 miles of supercharging. Right. Like it's – there's probably, you know, a few percentage points of people. The guy from Test Loop, my guess is he's going to be buying a bunch of cars before January <laughs> to try to lock in his sort of uh, – his fuel costs moving forward and stuff like that. But again, I don't know that it's going to deter – Model 3 users. Hopefully it doesn't become like those NRG uh, chargers where it's like 10 bucks for 30 minutes at sort of a slow pace. But if they do it, if they do it based on kilowatt hours, I'm fine with that. If they do it based on time, based on some of the conversations we had last week about the speed of some of the chargers, that could be problematic. So I want to pay for what I'm getting, not for some nebulous time amount i agree with you it makes no sense to do it based on time it's got to be based on how many kilowatt hours you shove in that thing i basically expect it will be but what what makes this actually uh, another good point about this is that when you have superchargers in places where the the native energy cost from the net is high it's going to incentivize power pack and solar and so now tesla has an additional incentive within to 
change the the cost structure at that supercharger because people, number one, in that area are going to protest. And number two, it would make uh, the economic argument that we can move to renewables that much faster. Do you think that this might move um, Tesla into becoming an energy company in addition to its batteries, but just putting out solar arrays that they own? It's already an energy company. Yeah, but I mean like becoming a mainstream energy company like uh, here is the supercharger and over there is a giant solar array which is 10 times more than we need for the supercharger and we're just going to sell that uh, on the grid. I could see that happening on some level. That's probably way, way, way down the line. Again, if they want to become if they do become the car company we want them to become they're going to need all of that energy right like you you had this conversation last week where you talk about we're going to need exponential more amount of Three electricity times as much electricity right so if they produce their third of it just for their model 3 cars and they are producing a million cars or 2 million cars a year in multiple factories across the country and it really becomes this juggernaut then they probably won't have a lot of excess energy to be honest with you and they may be spending a lot of that power wall uh, capacity and power pack capacity to keep their fleet charged. So here's what I want them to do because uh, a lot of people live in apartments. They can't buy their own electricity. They would like to. Why not have Tesla solar? So I'm going to buy my electricity from Tesla, and they're going to build a giant solar factory over here and mm-hmm. have all the solar energy, and I'll just become a Tesla user of electricity yeah it's it's very possible that that could happen but you know like in an apartment building situation obviously whoever owns that building would have to agree to that it just depends on on the economics but i think you do bring up an interesting point so if you talk about tesla charging for charging your car and charging for electricity for your home then the sort of giant factory in nevada becomes you know sort of self-fulfilling in its own way it has to they're producing all of this energy that they're selling and needing to store to themselves, and they have a perfect thing to do it, perfect way to produce it, a perfect way to store it. Like it really is a, becomes a nice vertical, right? Yeah, Incredibly vertically integrated. And if they can pull this off at the prices that we've been seeing solar uh, energy in other countries, like two or three cents per kilowatt hour, then they could go and build these giant solar arrays. They could sell it to Mel for 14 cents a kilowatt hour, make it for 3 cents a kilowatt hour, huge profit Mm -hmm. to them, and then they can just build more. So this could be, again, the biggest, giantest company and the nicest, most beautiful, most clean company in the world, I'm just saying. I'm not saying buy, don't buy stock because Mel told you because he needs a CAT scan, he's an idiot. I'm just saying it could be. It's it's pretty possible in that model that it does really, again, become a self-fulfilling prophecy in and of itself, and they drive down the cost, and they're making so much profit that they're able to build second and third and fourth gigafactories all over the place, maybe two or three in America, two or three in South America. I mean, it's a model in places like that have sort of electrical problems and a lot of places in the world like don't have electricity at night don't they have all sorts of issues that tesla really if they get this thing rolling and are really able to scale themselves how they want to it could be pretty damn impressive i'm very excited about these possibilities and i have no problem and i think most people won't have a problem as this tesla article suggests of paying some reasonable fee for that electricity, knowing that it's clean electricity and knowing that that's going to help build out the infrastructure. I think most people are going to be like, that's yeah. all good, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to cost you 40 bucks 
to fill your car, which is what it cost me to fill my car. <laughs> Bring it in at half price Terrible. or whatever. And it doesn't smell. No, it doesn't. It's not dirty on my hands. Tesla Rati also has another article. We've what? got a lot of Tesla Rati articles this week. But um, this uh, supercharging thing, it's, just, you know, it's stupid. I've got a better way. A better way to charge your ass. Do you? Oh what is the way? Because I, I read this and I didn't really – no, I understood Bjorn it. Nyland is a guy that thinks outside the box. This is All silly. Right? So what <laughs> he did silly. just for fun, because he's a fun guy, a bit of a character, is that he took his ex and he towed his S behind it and he charged his car, his S, while uh-huh. towing his ex. So uh, he has a video. He has a video of a split screen of how much energy is getting used right. in the X and how much is going into the S, and uh-huh. it is the silliest, stupidest thing ever. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> we need some silly though in our I lives. Think, I think a few things. One, Bjorn must have been really bored. <laughs> right? It's getting dark early. Oh. It's getting dark late in the morning. There, you know, he's just. It's getting into the winter months up there. It's boredom. The second thing is this could be really good for education. Imagine physics teachers, high school physics, were trying to teach about energy and how electricity can be made, electricity can be used. And here you've got a real-time and cool, because it involves Tesla, example of how you can expend whatever, 100 units of electricity. And if you drag a car behind it, you can only get back 50 units. It's kind of – I think it's got a cool educational uh, potential. And if Bjorn had two Xs – he could fully charge one, drag the other one behind it, and then <laughs> when the first one was empty, it's drag it with the thing and maybe have a perpetual energy machine. It could drive forever. <laughs> it would be interesting to see it. Hey, Bjorn, can you do that? Do exactly what Tom said. Let's see how far you can get. Can you get two cars and you drag one behind the other car and you get some right. energy back? And I don't know. It's right. possible that you could get 700 miles. Right. Drive a, do, do them downhill. You know, never drive uphill and see if you can can just keep driving. You can get, let's see, so an X would have like, let's say it had 312 miles of range or, right, something like that. Let's see if you can get it up to like 900 miles by no, dragging a like car a behind you. It was like a 50% reduction. Oh, Bjorn's a pretty smart guy. He'll figure it out. It's all good. Uh, the machine that builds the machine is from uh, Electric. So we talked about this before that Tesla announced that they are buying the German engineering group. What's it called? Groman. Groman. Now, these engineering group is considered one of the best manufacturers of machines that make machines. Of course they are, because they're Germans. And um, this initially was just, I thought, okay, here's Elon just buying the machines that will build the machines. And that's, again, good vertical integration, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a smart move. And then these people here in the electric article were saying, it's also really good that this is a German company. No. That Tesla now owns a German company. Because sometimes they have some regulatory issues in Germany and Europe. And for Tesla to be able to say, hey... We're bringing jobs. Uh, we're going to build lots of machines. To build machines. We're going to build out the factory, and then the Germans will go. Oh, that's all right. That's good. We you like know, Tesla you now. Know who's They're not good. saying that? The other manufacturers. Daimler, VW <laughs> Group. They're right. all saying, "Holy shit!" But also, you know, if you look at this another way, Tesla will probably put some of these robots in their solar plant as well. And Germany loves solar energy, right? You so know what I, I, I thought? I thought the whole reason that they bought this company is because they need so many goddamn robots that they're going to buy the entire production of the company for God knows how long. Yeah, they'll be using all of their own stuff for a while. But um, they said that they might even just 
open source this uh, tech that they're going to develop about building the machines that build the machines so that other people can build the machines that build the machines because in the end what he wants to do is everybody to build the machines that build the machines that build the solar panels that build the electric car that save the world. <gasps> it's hard to do that fast. You need a lot of engineers, buddy. Yeah, and architects, like I was saying. This is like a whole area of study that uh, – it really inspires me. We're going to work really hard. It's called uh, deferred uh, compensation. Deferred. What's it going? You work really hard and then you it's play less. Socialism. Deferred. We're going to work as a as a planet. Deferred gratification thing. We're going to work really hard so that in a generation or two we don't have to work at all. We all be artists like Tom eating bonbons and drinking uh, sodas. It's good. Not. <laughs> John Ford, let's do letters, ladies and gentlemen, boys. Oh, John, and you're still listening, girls. John. We're happy that you're still listening. Are you still listening after the beginning of this show, John? John uh, is uh, a listener. We really like John. He told us that he doesn't think that uh, humans are involved with uh, bad things in the climate. We agreed to disagree. He's still listening, which makes him a better man than me. Um, and he said, just relax. He's not so worried about this stuff because he believes, again, that the economics are such that... Uh, People are still going to be buying Model 3s with or without a Trump presidency, with or without incentives. This is going to be a great car. So, John, thanks for listening. You demand. The problem is the speed. The speed of adoption, the speed of moving forward, non-carbon producing energy. The speed right now is way too slow. It's like an order of magnitude too slow. It's uh, Elon's going to make it okay. Uh, I'm buying six more Teslas. Can't afford six more Teslas, but I've got to buy Tom one. It's going to fix everything. Oh, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Somebody uh, mark that down. What's, um, what's today in time? Remember that, time? <laughs> we remember that we are sort of in a post-fact universe now. So, post-fact. Tom, I am absolutely, as soon as the oh, Model 3 comes out, I am building bitch. a Model 3 for you, except that I'm not going to. But I'm going to tell you right now that I am. Because it turns out that I can change my mind. It doesn't matter. So, Tom, I'm buying you a Model 3. I'm on an emotional roller coaster all of a sudden. Get used to it because that's how things are going to go the next few years. I'm getting nauseous. Um, Patrick from South Dakota says, uh, don't worry about these battery fires when you hear about Tesla's crashing because everything when it crashes uh, burns and that's bad. But you you should only be worried about the sort of these spontaneous fires that can occur with batteries. Since that's not happening to Teslas, don't worry about it. We have seen that happen with the, the Galaxy Norway. Note 7. We have seen it with some really cheap, crappy batteries, but Tesla are not these, so everybody chillax. If you crash your car at 100 miles an hour, bad is going to happen. It's not just the fire. It doesn't you know, matter what car. This weekend I flew on Southwest, and I'm sitting there with my phone and my laptop and everything, and then the stewardess comes on and says, if you're on the plane with a Galaxy 7 Get cell off. phone, you are not allowed to carry it on the plane. We'll be happy to make arrangements for you. And I was like, oh, my God, that is like the death knell but to who, anybody. Who is voluntarily telling these airlines that they have a Galaxy S7 in their pocket, and what are they doing? Are they mailing them to your final destination? I, I think you just get off the plane. They you put- know, I, I flew uh, last month, and the Southwest uh, stewardess was walking around looking at people's yeah, phones like, yeah, yeah <laughs> they did. They made like three sweeps. Like, uh, your phone's not going to kill me on this flight. <laughs> if I find your phone, and take it away. How many S7s do you think were on that flight? Had to have been a couple. Because you know, uh, if you have one, you're keeping it in your pocket, right? Samsung said that I think now up to 90% of them have now been taken back because they basically gave you a full refund and uh, so and plus some other incentives. So 90% of them are back. That means 10% are still out there. Mm. 
David Saward. Saward. <laughs> Let's just go with Saward. Saward. Uh, <laughs> says he loves the show, which is the most important thing. Yeah. And he lives up there in the Michigan. Mm. And uh, Michigan, you know, they don't want uh, you buying uh, Teslas up there in the Michigan, and it drives me crazy. Boo. But the legislature there is working on allowing people to uh, drive around without people in the car. Yay. So uh, thank you for that uh, note. But this is happening. We've got another one from Australia that legislatures are getting on board. Like, what does this mean? Um, what does it mean for insurance? What does it mean for cops? If you get pulled over and there's nothing in the car, all this kind of stuff. So people are thinking about it because they realize it's happening and it is happening fast. Now, Mark. Miguel Marquez. Uh, Mark. Mark. Mark? Really, dude? Miguel Marquez. He is uh, Spanish. He's from Spain. I don't know why I'm doing this accent. That is so uh, terrible. You need to stop now. I would like to apologize for this. I don't know what accent I need. You must stop. No, you you must stop. I think there's a little Dr. Strangelove. You must stop. Dr. Strangelove here. Sorry, Miguel. He is a Model 3 owner, and uh, I can't remember what is his question. Oh, he's got a number of things here but he's like he said i really enjoy listening so that's the most important thing he's uh what is his point here if it's your car is involved into a crash, crash when autonomous how do you exchange information <laughs> <laughs> the cars are gonna have to learn to talk so i had i thought and then his second question was towing another vehicle so again if you're in a model x and you're towing your trailer on level five wouldn't that be spectacular if the tesla could drive itself while towing but it will block a few of the rear sensors, right? Your trailer will right. constantly be blocking your sensors. As well as the camera. So will Tesla make kind of an additional towed array kind of thing that you can put behind your trailer? How will they solve that? Can they solve it? You have to buy a Tesla trailer. Oh. By Airstream? I would love a Tesla Whoa. trailer that puts sensors in the back and has a little bit of capacity so that I can go 400 right. miles. And it's covered with a solar roof. Solar roof. Put it, the whole put thing it, is a solar roof. Put another roof. one of those skateboards under it. It has its, all its own electricity. You can run your little trailer like uh, Rolf did. And as far as the crash thing, I don't really understand how that will work. It's an excellent question. My guess is at that point, the car companies will have taken on some of that autonomous liability, especially in a situation where you're not even in the car, right? And you've summonsed it, which is right. kind of crazy. So maybe there'll just be like a QR code on the window right. and you take your phone up to the QR code if you if you if if it crashes into you and you're like, Doot, and then that's where your information is and they contact you later. Or the cars do that to each other because if like somebody summoned their Tesla from nebraska mm-hmm. uh, to la and someone in la summoned uh had a car summoned from la to nebraska and they hit each other on the way uh-huh. the cars are empty yeah the cars have to now communicate with each other how do cars yeah. speak to each other oops i'm sorry mostly in binary i, I bumped your bumper <laughs> and then it has to send you a note uh mel uh kind of like your 16 year old uh a kind of crash. <laughs> and what if you're a kid in Nebraska, right? And you want to go to LA and you see this Tesla streaming by you, like, and you just, you're on your bike or your skateboard and you just grab onto the bumper and you just free ride to LA on the back of a Tesla. That would be an interesting thing. Well, I think, <laughs> I want to know, I, I'm looking forward to the first hookup. So, like, Joe's car traveling from LA to Nebraska hits Mary's car going from Nebraska to LA. And now Joe and Mary have to interact. Because their cars autonomously have had an accident, and then Joe and Mary fall in love. Oh, it's going to be a beautiful movie. Joe and Mary, 
you know, either go then move into L.A. or Nebraska, or maybe they keep a home in each town. <laughs> I thought you meant the cars were hooking up, but these cars about? in the middle of Nebraska go, hey, you're it's gonna be good. Harry Tinder met, for car accidents. It's going to yeah. be Harry Met Sally in the <laughs> autonomous age. I right, just but, like the idea of the cars hooking up. Like, how does that work? <laughs> Stop. That's just dirty. But imagine this situation, right? So you, you need your car in like four or five days, and it gets into a little fender bender in the middle of Nebraska, and it keeps going. It, it exchanges things. And both they're both Teslas. They both independently drive to the service center nearest you, <laughs> get fixed by Tesla. You don't even know they were in an accident. How does sh- how do you show me the car facts on that one, buddy? Wow. You know what I'm saying? You just get the bill. Look, uh, Daniel Breslin. No, you don't get the bill because you weren't in the car. It's not your liability. It's well, we don't know that auto- yet. Somebody's got it. I'm not taking that liability. That's bullshit. Daniel Breslin is from the UK, and uh, he gave us a bit of a hard time because we didn't credit C... GP Grey segment, which was that segment about the Netherlands and all that stuff that I've already forgotten. Um, and we're sorry because we like absolutely should have done of... that. He loves the show, and we'll do a better job, Daniel, of making sure when we steal these segments from the interwebs of saying uh, where they come from. Because that CPG, what's it? Is? It's so hard. CGP Grey is a genius. He's got many of these explainers, and they're so funny. Um, Alan Northcott. Uh, wants to talk about uh, rooftop solar, and he was uh, mad at us because one of us said that uh, you know current solar panels on your roof look bad, and he's like, I don't think they look bad at all. I think they look spectacular. I didn't say that. I like my solar panels. I I like them for the same reason that um, Alan here likes them, which is telling the world. I got solar I, panels. You should get them too. I'm making my own energy, and I can't tell you how many people have knocked on my door saying, "Who put your solar panels on? How much was it?" They ask you about it. So I I do like them, but I come on the Tesla solar roof. That thing is gorgeous. That's next level. I like my solar panels so much that I climbed up on a 20-foot ladder to get to the perfect corner of my roof to take a panoramic photo, and now it's on my Twitter page. It's really cool. At sunset. And the Tesla is sitting out in the corner. I like my solar panels, but I don't like the space around them that don't have solar panels on them. And your roof... I was looking at your roof, Dr. Herbert, Yes, and there's a lot of space around your front panels. There's a lot there's a of energy. Huge I think, does the sun just not hit that part of your roof, so you didn't need to put panels there? You're that, causing no, them to be just, it didn't, I want so much more. And he also brings up the fact that, you know, I was saying I make like a quarter of the amount of energy in the winter than I do in the summer because of shading and other stuff. He has... Um, a similar kind of issue, and he says, but it's not just that; it's also that the amount of penetration of the photons is less in the winter, which is true. Oh, that's a, be- uh, it's a beautiful seeing, array. I'm showing there. my Twitter page. We're seeing a picture of uh, the solar panels on uh, Robert's house here, and the. I have to correct really that my, my big ugly head is blocking my Tesla, yeah, which I feel ashamed get of. Get rid of your big ugly head. <laughs> so, uh, solar, good. Uh, solar, new solar ones, but new solar roofs by uh, Tesla, even better. Overbuild your system if you want to be 100%. But, hey, in a little uh, podcast coming soon called uh, Going Zero, mm-hmm. we'll discuss all of these things. Uh, my ultimate goal of sustainable uh, transport by... Gabor Leidenfrost. What did he say? He said, happy birthday, Mel. Oh, Thank did you. you have a birthday the day before Election Day? You did, didn't you? I did. Didn't get my birthday present, though. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday to you. He says, look, uh, there's there's a good reason that uh, America would should and wants to be energy independent because, um, you know, we all know this. The Middle East is uh, a bit of a disaster, and I think we've already got to that point. I don't think we, we actually um, import much Middle East oil anymore. Somebody made that argument to me the other day. It's part of the global fuel system. Right. So it doesn't really matter if it's not coming to the U.S. The, the fact that it's in the pool of, mm-hmm. of gas that we need to use 
is the issue, right? More than anything. Of course, it's all sort of interrelated. Obviously, they're they're buddies with us. We buy our gas from Venezuela. We get our gas from ourselves. We get our gas from Canada. But Europe gets its gas from the Middle East. And that's all part of the global fuel system. So somebody's fueling global terrorism on a lot of levels. ISIS is using crude oil sales to fund their stuff. That's a big picture sort of yeah, question. If the, if the but, Donald's really upset about Iran, where's Iran's oil going? So his last sentence is, let's work at the attainable, and we will in turn clean up the air, reduce emissions, make things better for our children and their children. And I will say to you, Gabor, you make my heart sore. <laughs> um, it does go back to what you were saying. The downsides to really aggressively getting renewable, cheap energy not really much of a downside. There's more jobs there. There's yeah. clean energy. There's not mm-hmm. pollution. Yeah. And people say, and you know, there's all these bullshit memes. Oh well, it take the amount of carbon that it's produced to create a solar panel would mean that the payback period is 50 years. It's bullshit. It's about six months. Yeah. So when anybody tells you that, say bullshit. This would be something that would be excellent for someone like Consumer Reports to put together a paper on what is actually the carbon footprint of various sources of energy. And, you know, other organizations, though, they get tagged as being, quote, too green or too liberal, and they get ignored, put together uh, information on how much it really does cost for a gallon of oil or a barrel of oil based on how much does the U.S., the U.K., France spend on defense to keep the shipping lanes open and how much carbon is put out by all those ships that are actually moving the stuff around because they burn the dirtiest crude that there is. Dirty, dirty. So uh, there is actually some numbers on that. And again, on uh, we'll, I'll bring it up on the podcast in the future as we get uh, going zero going. But uh, the actual price per barrel of oil, um, you factoring all the military and all the stuff, it's actually astronomical. Yeah. We should put that in the show notes. But uh, let's go on. Mikkel Helquist. Helquist. Is that right? Quist. So Jeez. we talked about Sweden versus Switzerland. Oh, my God. We screwed this up so many times. We cannot possibly apologize to I, more parts of this world. Just so, remember one thing. Fondue will freeze in Sweden. What That's does that mean? super <laughs> helpful. <laughs> Fondue is this, you know, Swiss specialty, nice cheese. It's yummy and you mm-hmm. dip your bread in it. Yeah. But if you try to do that in Sweden where it's even colder – the fondue would freeze. I said last week, basically, that Sweden and Switzerland are the same place. What and the I hold to that. You don't, no, no, you can't hold, hold to that. that. No, you can't hold to that. <laughs> this this letter tells you to stop holding to that. He asked you this question. Are Australia and Austria basically the same place? Basically, this, look, look at that. The spelling is almost identical. So how could they be that different? That's true on some levels. Also, the spelling on aluminum and aluminium. He says here that here is just a list of the nations <laughs> that you've been able to offend in the last few episodes. We did a good job, though. Sweden, uh-huh. that has IKEA, Volvo, Skype, Spotify, Minecraft, DIC, the dynamite, the propeller. The zipper, I didn't get those last three. The dynamite? Did they invent the dynamite? Uh, is that what he's saying? Yeah, that Nobel Prize stuff from Alexander okay. Nobel or whatever his name Okey is dokey. from Sweden. The Netherlands, tulips. Denmark, Lego, Bang. That's all the Netherlands got on this list is tulips. tulips yeah. is this guy's Swedish, you think, by so any he chance? Says, you need to try and offend Finland, Iceland, Norway in the next episode. And I'm definitely going to give that my best shot. <laughs> and how the hell did you manage to elect Donald Trump? Oh, Lego, my God. Lego and Bang and Olufsen. Like, look at this list you gave, Michael. 
IKEA Sweden gets like nine amazing things, including the Nobel Prize guy, and the Netherlands gets flowers, as if that's all they've given us. In the spirit of continuing to upset our international listeners, we created this. Hey, got any more of that chocolate from Sweden? From Sweden? Great chocolate. Wait, oh, you mean Switzerland? Yeah, whatever. Same country. Uh, Switzerland and Sweden are two totally different countries, both linguistically, culturally. Both flags have crosses on them. Yeah, and one of them's yellow on a blue background on a flag-shaped flag. Exactly. And the other one is a white cross on a red background on a square-shaped flag. It's very subtle. It's not subtle at all. It's totally different. They speak the they, same language. No, they don't. Swissish. Swissish? Yeah. In Sweden, they speak Swedish. That's what I said. And in Switzerland, they speak Swiss. That's what I said. No, you didn't. It's totally different. Same difference. Totally different. Same thing. No, Swedish sounds very mysterious, like the language of the Vikings, okay? Swiss sounds like someone's hawking up a loogie. 48 IC and EC zurück to the tunnel door. Also 24 in every direction. We're going to have to get the evidence to prove that we're going to get the evidence. Tell me you don't hear the difference. Look, they both have a cross-country ski team. Everyone has a cross-country ski team. They're in the same location. They're not in the same location. Totally different. They get most of their energy from hydroelectric and nuclear power. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? They're totally different countries. You're wrong. Look it up on a map. You're looking up on a map. You just look at it. Thanks to our very own Josh Kurse. Uh, We look forward to your emails. Lucien Wu, who is from Melbourne, Australia. That's where I used to live, mate. What? That's where I'm from, mate. That's nice. I'm married from the outback, but I spent uh, my high school and my college in Melbourne. Love Melbourne. He's a Metal 3 reservation holder, and he said everybody's settled down. He doesn't think that uh, Trump coming into power will have a good or a bad effect. It will be a neutral effect. No, he says it will have a good and a bad effect is specifically what he wrote. But don't worry about what he wrote. Yeah, don't worry about (laughs) it. Look, uh, in this uh, post-fact era, I can say whatever I like. Oh, that's true. I forgot. And then I can back down. He said, remember that most of the cars that Tesla ultimately will sell will not be in the U.S. And since uh, the federal, the American federal tax credits don't matter to Australians, he doesn't really think it's going to be that big a deal because they're going to sell so many of these Teslas in other countries. The largest car market in the world doesn't matter. That's fine. Whatever, man. Paul Burton. Burton. He says, um, you know, in all the same thing that uh, that the government is getting busy about thinking about autonomous vehicles and what it means, and so they're putting out these white papers about what it all means. All this to say is that people are really now believing this is going to be happening fast. Sean Evans, supercharging. Uh, what does he want to do with supercharging? He loves his Model S, and he does a lot of long-distance trips, but when he buys his next one, will he lose free supercharging? If he doesn't buy it by January, he sure as hell will. Do you think Tesla will consider allowing current owners to transfer to a new vehicle? You kind of spoke about this. I don't this. think so. Okay, but here's an interesting point. You said that Robert loses his supercharging when he the person who buys Robert's car loses his supercharging. Maybe Robert, as an early adopter, should has earned that right to keep that forever, and he will get to transfer it. I don't think it's a terrible thing for Elon to do as sort of a thank you to all the early adopters who helped the car get off the ground. So, again, what I recommend is maybe we send Elon a treat. And I, a treat? A, t- a tweet? A treat? A treat. We'll send him a, a treat. A tweet. Twicker tweet? Twicker tweet? tweet? <laughs> Damn you. Well, that's what the beauty of this system is and uh, in the articles that we talked about. They can later say, oh, you know what? We really should make sure that the yeah. early adopters get it. Here, have another couple of uh, thousand kilowatt hours a year yeah. because you uh, started the movement. Or we Easy hate, for them to do. We hated that last episode. We're clearing out your account. Yeah. Um, I would like to, That's a test of whether uh, he <laughs> listens to the show. 
David Turner sent us a voicemail. We really like it. And David, uh, we, we really sort of can't give you medical advice, but I do suggest you go to a physical therapist. This idea of sciatica in cars is a big deal. Uh, it's sort of well described. So some cars make people's sciatica worse and some cars make them better. So... I'm sorry that you're feeling the pain of your S, but it probably it's true. An X does sit up differently. It changes the mechanics. A lot of people find the X much nicer to sit in in terms of their backs. Work on your core. That Would that be a Series 2 chair, or is the chair completely different in the X? It's just it's sits completely up different. It's just, okay. it's, it's They've very changed different. the chair in the S as well. I tried to get the uh, new version, the Recaro chair. Yeah. And so now, you know, Recaro's making all the seats for Tesla. So it's now. probably like the height of the seat is a little higher, so your the the rake of your like knee angle is probably a little bit different would be my guess, right? You're sitting a little farther from the floor, so that angle of your I don't know, I'm not a freaking kinesiologist. Oh, right word. Kinesiologist. Schwing. Guess who has a degree in kinesiology, my wife? Hmm. Guess well, who did a year of she's a kinesiologist. I did my master's in kinesin exercise physiology. Hmm. Diego Cuerero, who has been on our show many times, says, Chin up, it's not going to be as bad as uh, you think. And here's why. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Diego in Portland. wanted to call in about the election results. And I have to say that Tuesday night I could not sleep because all I could think about was that this was the beginning of the end of the world. Just a lot of fear setting in to me thinking that renewables are now going to not ramp up as quickly as we were all hoping they would um, with with Trump as our new elected president. But I have to be honest, the last couple of days, uh, listening to Trump's rhetoric, uh, how it's a complete 180 from how he was speaking during his campaign has me has me considering my fear. I think from a simple cost point of view, fossil fuels cannot compete with renewables. So I'm actually very optimistic regarding that. And I don't think incentives are are gonna be are gonna be much of a factor into the tipping point of mass adoption for renewables and, and EVs. Back to back to Trump's rhetoric. This guy's either brilliant or a complete idiot. And I hope he's brilliant because if he's an idiot we're screwed. And the reason I think he might be brilliant is simply that his strategy during his campaign might have been intentional. Meaning that on really hot issues like immigration and trade, he's anchoring his position so far extreme to one end that when it comes to the negotiating table, people will, you know, they'll actually come to an agreement that's, that will make a difference. Just because people think he's coming to the table with his initial position as building a wall between Mexico and the U.S. Now, granted, I don't know how that applies to climate change because his position on climate change is a hoax. So I'm still worried there. But let's just say I'm not as fearful as I thought I was. Anyway, hope this helps. Sorry for the long call. And keep up the great work. Thanks. Now, Carl. Carl. Learmakers. Learmakers. Can you transfer a free charging to a new owner? So a lot of people are asking the same question. So or, if I or like car, you, you've, you've leased, you're leasing a new Tesla. What if you decide to buy it? Right. What happens? With, I think all of these are unknowns. There are known knowns. And there are unknown knowns and there's known unknowns. No, 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 no. I don't know. I can't remember that Donald Rumsfeld quote, but it was That was good. Rumsfeld, and we don't even want him back. Uh, he's probably going to <laughs> get used no. to it, baby. So we don't know, but uh, because of the fact that these cars are smart, um, it's going to be easy for them to come up with a system of these credits and then modify it as they go. 
it's going to be interesting to see how it works. I guess what would happen, let's say I've used all my credits and I've got a Model 3 and I get into the supercharger network and I plug in. I assume something like this will happen. It'll pop up on my big 17-inch screen. Uh, sorry, Mo, you don't have enough credits. Would you like to buy some? And I'll just click the little, uh, you know, the screen and it'll already have my credit card information and I'll get another 50 bucks worth of credits. Yes. So he's talking here about the transferring, and there was, he's saying on June 2013 Q&A on Tesla's website, how much does it cost to use the supercharger? Supercharging is free for the life of the Model S once the supercharger option is enabled. And will it always be free? Yes. So it seems obvious that the buyer of his 2013 Classic would have unlimited supercharging access. Now, that would be obviously in a direct private sale. Now, if those cars go back to Tesla and then they get resold, I guess now Tesla has the opportunity to change that paradigm if they really want to. Do they want to? I mean, again, we're not talking about a whole lot of cars, so there's not a real incentive for them to change it on the cars that they've built so far because the total number of those cars in the U.S. is probably 100,000, yeah. right? 125,000, yeah, yeah, something like that. Maybe it'll be So it's not a big number as far as their whole fleet goes. So it seems to me like more of a PR nightmare to kind of cut that off and really have a, a hard date on these cars. And this happened before, right? There was a There was a situation. This was probably a year and a half ago where Tesla owners were sort of abusing the system. They were parking their cars at the supercharger and going to sleep Mm -hmm. and then coming back in a supercharging location with only like six chargers. And it's a very popular one. Uh, And so these problems have happened and Tesla had then sent out letters and Elon had said, well, I don't know if supercharger will be free for life. And there was like an uproar in the Tesla community. So Mm -hmm. Occupy Supercharger is probably a, 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 a plausible movement within the Tesla community. But I think what he's trying to do is the right thing, not anticipating that people would be like real dicks around supercharging, like leave your car there all night. And, you know, cause Elon probably didn't even conceive that somebody could do something as stupid as that. And, <laughs> and making superchargers more like gas stations, right? That's the paradigm that everybody's used to. Why not have superchargers like gas stations? You just need more of them because it takes longer to fill up. And they're doing those deals, more and more of those deals with current gas stations and putting superchargers into them because they've already got the infrastructure. And the autonomous vehicle driving stuff solves so much of this stuff. I go plug my car in or it plugs itself in and it unplugs itself and it drives across the street. So autonomous Snaky snakes and autonomous cars fix so many of these problems. Or you get home and the car says, you know, how long do you plan to be at home? You say, well, I'm going to go to sleep. And it says, okay, in an hour or whenever the supercharger is available, I'm going to go charge up for you. And then return back to your home, especially if you live in an apartment or in a place where you're not allowed to place a supercharger, like a condo with a homeowner's association. And so I'm going to just share one picture. I'll put it on the I'm, – I'm, I'll it's an audio show, out. buddy. We can't do things like this. Yeah, I'm going to put it on my tweet thing. There's P-Soup Anderson's. <laughs> mm-hmm. This P-Soup is Anderson. in Santanella. This will be the seventh supercharger between L.A. and San Francisco, depending on how you route. You know, you can go to Gilroy or you can go up the 580. This will be the seventh. So they're going to be at 150 miles apart, really quite short, close together. 
the only problem is that, you know, I'm looking at the Anderson's little brochure that I picked up and it's got a car on it from like 1982. <laughs> and when you walk into Anderson's, it's kind of gotten old. The other problem is, is that every single one of those, except for one, is a back-end supercharger. This one here on the left is the only one that's a drive front. So I'll be in that one if you if I'm at Anderson's. You'll, and is uh, it, I have a question. You've been saying for no, a couple actually, weeks now. This one you're pointing at is in the wrong position. It's on the wrong side of the car. This is for somebody who's going to drive up with a trailer. No, this is one. If you pull into that spot right there, that's the right side of the car. What are you talking about? Well, it could be. <laughs> it could be used for a trailer, though. It could be because yeah. you've got this open space here. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's true. You'd have to come in like your ex that way, mm-hmm. pulling your trailer right there. I think the people at Andersons might not like that. But I have a better question. I've always called it Anderson's Pea Soup. You call it Pea Soup Anderson's. That's right. I like his. Pea Soup Anderson sounds cool. <laughs> well, what okay. does the brochure say? It does say, say Pea Soup Anderson's. Yeah, I'm seeing that right Anderson's. now, but I don't know if that's just like they make Anderson's. Great we make pea soup. pea soup. Great pea soup. Vegan and or with little chunks of some mystery meat. Hamon. Hamon. Maybe. Mystery meat? Maybe. Really? Yeah. The problem is that, you know, when we, got, we got off the freeway. Oh, no. Don't say that about our nice friends at Anderson's. They use ham. <laughs> How dare you? It, it, the site is a little bit dicey, you know, like the parking lot's got a lot of potholes. It looks like it's been forgotten. But I'm looking forward to being there because it gives us an opportunity to have something other than steak at uh, Harris Ranch, which is not good for the environment. Cow switch. It's pea soup Anderson's. It is right here many, many times. Interesting. Wow, this show has jumped the shark. Ladies what? and gentlemen, boys it and girls. It has not. This show's been spectacular, uplifting, upbeat, and the people have spoken. Yeah, they have. That's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we were depressed. We were sad at the beginning. Then we came up with a plan. We're going to do some good things here. We're going to be politically active. We're going to buy solar. We're going to get electric cars. Pay attention. Uh, I'm going to suggest to the 1% of the 1%ers that are going to make a sh... How much? Load of money? A shit ton, man. A shit ton of money because now they're going to get taxed at 15% instead of 40%. That all those people are going to take that money and they're going to put it towards good things like the Sierra Club and like all these other good things. That's going to be billions of dollars. It's going to change everything. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. We're going to be with you for the next four years on this show, making the world a better place. To next uh, next week, 61. I can't wait till episode 100. We're only 40 weeks away. Whoa. Due to all the exciting things that happened this week, I didn't get a chance to edit uh, Going Zero. But part two with our interview with Dwight will be coming next week. Oh, and then there's this. There's really no difference between Germany and Austria. Oh, yeah, I said it. Boom. Discuss. Talking Tesla is a production of Fulibu Incorporated. Produced by Mel Herbert and CC Herbert. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenblum. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. If you love the show, write us a review on iTunes.